This is Richard Brake, who plays Doomhead, and you're listening to The Horror Returns. Stay tuned. <laughs> Greetings, victims. For those of you who delight in dread, who fantasize about fear, who glorify gore, welcome. You have found the place where the horror returns. Listeners beware. This podcast contains major plot spoilers and the foulest of language. Join us in celebrating the old and the new, the best and the worst in horror. Welcome back, one and all, to The Horror Returns, the greatest show on earth. Gather around, all ye, for our wonderful show with uh, myself, Lance, uh, as well as uh, my slew of co-hosts. And tonight we've got Brian. What's up? Uh, but it's all right. It's all right. Phil, Phil may pop in. I knew Nez wasn't going to be here tonight, but uh, it's all good because we got a very special guest. We've got filmmaker, um, and as, a, as I've recently learned, podcaster, Gabriel, and I'm assuming it's pronounced Tice. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty you good? Got it right. All right. Yeah. You're, from, you're, from, the, you're from the Houston area. Uh, that's right. That's right. Um, I recently moved right. out to L.A. Um, I'm back in Houston for the holidays, though. Nice. What, what, got, you into, what, what got you into filmmaking? And then we'll talk about the podcast because mm-hmm. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I mean, the podcast is a fun hobby, but filmmaking is my real passion, right? Um, I've always wanted to be a filmmaker. I've been making shorts and and uh, things like that since high school. And then recently, I was lucky enough to do my first feature film, The Curse of Professors Ironicus, which is available right now on Tubi and other VOD platforms. You can also buy it on Blu-ray. It's a micro-budget film. We made it for like $3,000, but um, I've been very grateful for the reception it's gotten uh folks at dread central uh took a big liking to it they did an interview with me about it and called it a cult classic in waiting so if that piques your interest it's a found footage movie Um, i was really inspired by films like creep um the last broadcast uh blair witch project so yeah if you like that kind of stuff um we would really appreciate you checking it out uh leaving a review and yeah yeah i i could see those influences man i uh i enjoyed the the ty west well the old ty west phil we'll get into the newer ty west again tonight but he was all about the slow burn and then just going batshit crazy in the last 10 or 15 minutes of the movie so i'm i'm not going to spoil anything because i know our listeners are going to want to check it out but uh I like I like what you do there, man. You don't you don't overkill or oversell the the big end scene. <laughs> but I'll tell you what blew me away and surprised me was all the comedy. I wasn't expecting and it was it was much more sublime comedy. It wasn't like uh people, you know, falling off ladders and shit like that. So yeah. what what inspired you on that? I really love horror comedies, but I also don't I like a different kind of approach where it's not like cut from a gag to a jump scare. I really like when 
you can bring those two genres together into like this really interesting tone. I think that's like what creep did so well. Like it's creepy, it's weird, but it's also funny at the same time, you know, uh, that, that, that character by Mark Duplass is, uh, he's unsettling, but he's also very funny. And that's what I wanted to do for my lead character, um, played by Alec White, who is uh, a star back here in the Houston film scene. And, I'm really proud of what we did together. And I I just like um, movies that can really embrace the absurdity of of their ideas, right? That can say, yeah, you know, uh, we're a movie about um, about an urban legend, about a college professor that um, may or may not uh, have turned into a mutant creature after after a prank gone wrong, right? You know, I like being able to embrace that and take audiences on that ride. And, you know, the thing is that people respond to the comedy and then their guard is lowered for some of the darker Mm -hmm. turns towards the end. I think that's part of why um, the ending uh, works as well as it does. You you have a comedy background at all? You ever done stand up or written jokes or anything like that? Well, I I have a, you know, I've I've written other comedy uh, scripts um, and I I did some uh, improv and stuff in college. I wouldn't say I have a, uh, as big of a comedy background as I do in horror. Uh, but at the same time, comedy, I think, really lends itself to micro-budget filmmaking because it's a lot more character-driven, performance-driven. You know, we didn't have the special effects for, like, you know, we didn't have the budget for special effects. We couldn't do the Terrifier 2 thing of just, like, scene after scene of, like, uh, the grossest and most creative. <laughs> Um, so right. it had to be in the performances and in the dialogue. And I think comedy really uh, lends itself to that. Brian, you got any uh, questions you want to ask Gabriel? Yeah, I was looking on IMDb. Uh, I think your next project uh, is actually a comedy. Oh, well, I have some things in development that I've been um, in talks with. Uh, there's a pilot that I've been shopping around uh, called Night and Day which is about um, a college student whose new roommate turns out to be a vampire in a world where vampires and other supernatural creatures are just like us. They exist just like us. So it's an odd, it's an odd couple sort of a dynamic between them trying to uh, adjust to, let's say their, their unique lifestyles. Right. And uh, then I have a couple of other things that I'm really excited about some features um, that I've been cooking up, uh, you know, some more, some darker stuff, some psychological thriller territory, and then um, some really lighthearted comedies. So I like to, I like to do both. Nice. Um, do you, do you prefer uh, directing, writing, or acting? I think by this point, I prefer writing because uh, there's just a lot of freedom there. It's just, it's just you and the written word, right? I mean, when you're directing, mm-hmm. you just have to deal with all the all the limitations um, and not, not that writing isn't hard. It comes with its own set of challenges, but it sucks when you have a great idea or an idea that really excites you, but you just don't have it in the budget or you don't have it in your schedule. Uh, so I, I'd say writing is um, it's the most liberating of those three things. Nice. Yeah. Not to mention the most creative, right? Like you're actually in control from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because some, sometimes, you know, a movie starts uh, out as a screenplay and then, you know, a director gets attached, the cast comes on board and then 
they go from there. But other times, you know, it's the director's vision and then they get a screenwriter to come in and, and work with them on it to give them that script. Uh, but, you know, my feature, you know, I, I wrote the screenplay. I knew I wanted to sure. do it micro budget and it grew, grew from there. So in that case, you know, um, the creative process really began and, and ended w with me. Uh, uh, not to say that there weren't other collaborators, but, um, you know, when you get to those big budget studio films, like there's a team of writers and uh, the producers sometimes direct as much as the directors, right, um, have a lot of creative input. So uh, being able to do something on that independent scale uh, feels really good compared to um, the stories you hear about being a director in, in Hollywood. It can be pretty savage out there. All right. Well, cool, man. We enjoyed the movie, and um, we'll we'll get put some links up for sure, so yeah. everybody can check it out. That that's in our group. So uh, onward we go, Gabriel. You know how this thing works, man. Um, what's what's your cool of the week? Coolest thing you've checked out? Well, I was able to see uh, Steven Spielberg's latest film, The Fablemans. Uh, ah, okay. Yeah. Hey, Phil, what's up? <laughs> Somebody find Phil. <laughs> hey, sorry, guys. Uh, this is Gabriel. Gabriel, meet Phil. Good to meet you, Phil. <laughs> What's happening, brother? Um, I'm sorry I'm late, guys. <laughs> so, it's all good, man. I thought maybe the Cowboys were playing a night game or something. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't really have a good excuse. I'm just uh, <laughs> you're, you're a Cowboys fan. <laughs> What's that? You're a Cowboys fan. Did I hear that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grew up in Dallas. All right, let's stay away from that topic. I'm from Houston, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, that seems to be the way things roll. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're on, we're on Cool of the Week. Gabriel was talking about the Fablemans. Yeah, the, the uh, Spielberg uh, movie. Yeah, not not a horror, obviously, but uh, Steven Spielberg came out with this very autobiographical, um, almost like a memoir uh, based on his early childhood, um, which was full of all this family drama, and it shows his process getting into directing. I thought it was uh, so well made. And, you know, I'm biased because I'm, I'm on that same journey too, right? Trying to be a filmmaker. So it was just a really um, emotional movie uh, because I was able to relate to it so directly. But I mean, it's Spielberg and he just fucking kills it. I think people forget just what a great director he is sometimes because he's so big now. But I mean, I, I, I put his talents up there with a Scorsese or somebody like that i think he's that good well spielberg yeah 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 that absolutely makes sense i, I, I don't think that's super controversial i hope not you know <laughs> there, there's a snobbish sort of a school of thought out there that like kind of has always looked down on him because he does bigger movies he does you know like uh Pop blockbusters stuff. right I just I, I hope this movie uh, helps put that to rest because you know when he does stuff like Schindler's List it's it's just as good as uh, E.T. or Indiana Jones. One hundred percent. All right, Who's, Phil, you want to you want to go next? Oh Cowboys. yeah, man. Let's see. Uh, yeah, Cowboys are, are are a big one right now, and I you know I'm sorry for the Texans. <laughs> hey, we're we're in a battle for the, yeah. for the first pick. <laughs> Actually, I live in the Galveston area, so uh, it, it's it's almost kind of nice to uh, uh, not have the hate from the Houston fans <laughs> from, from up north. Um, but uh, yeah, Cowboys have been kicking ass, and uh, I'm I'm excited about that for sure. Um, 
Also, I've been uh, watching a lot of horror movies lately. Uh, Jesus Christ. Put me on the spot to tell me uh, cool of the week. I'm not sure if I can come up with one right off the, right off the shoot here. But uh, give me a few minutes. We'll roll on this next subject, and, and, and I'll totally pull us off of it. <laughs> All right. Save, save us, Brian. I don't have, I ain't watched nothing new. I've been trying to catch up on shows that, um, right. mostly been trying to catch up on the Star Wars shows. I finished not ah, one okay. of the shows. So I'm working my way through Book of Boba Fett, uh, Obi Wan. <laughs> yeah, I haven't even started Andor. So that basically, that's been, I've, a lot of people have told me Andor is, uh, best thing since uh, Mandalorian. Some even said it's better in some ways. Because mm. I, I guess it's more <laughs> I guess it's more gritty than yeah. uh, mm. I've heard a lot of people say it's, it feels like something that should be on HBO not not Disney Plus. No, no I, kidding. I think that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah so, that would be a good sign for sure. I've <laughs> uh, been trying to catch up on um, still watching The Watcher on Netflix. Um, that's a pretty good one. Um, based on true story, family moves, buys this big ass house, like so, so big, so expensive that they basically they have to pull all their money together to buy this house. I don't, I don't know why anybody would do that, but they did. And <laughs> like all these uh, strange occurrences happen. Their their neighbors are super weird. Everybody's always kind of right. dropping a reference that, you know, we'll be watching you. Or, and then they get a letter in the mail from someone claim, claiming to be their watcher. Their, it's okay. their, their turn to watch their family or something like that. And um, it's pretty interesting so far, especially since it's based off a true story. So, And I believe it's, um, I could be getting this wrong, uh, Lance, uh, Brian Fuller. Okay, he's involved in that? And I think uh, it's even, already it's already getting a second season. So, okay, I got you. Yeah, I've heard I've heard good things. I just haven't. There's so much shit. There's so much media out there. Yeah, it's I think that's why I, I'm get so. I think that's why I'm so unfinished with so many shows because there's so many interesting shows coming out. You know, you kind of start one and then you forget about another, and so. I got I got to I got to do what you do. I got to come up with some kind of list or yeah. system or something. Yeah, I keep stuff I want to watch. Uh, Gabriel, I keep it on a sticky note on my PC at work. That's not Yeah, I, I I use Letterbox. They have a watch list. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah so that's how I've been keeping track of stuff, but before that, it was tough. And it was yeah. rough. Um and especially with shows, right? I mean, I, that's why mm-hmm. I prefer movies cuz it's one and done with a show. You watch um, the episodes and then the seasons and uh, th- there are a million shows I haven't finished. I started, mm. but I never finished. Yeah. So Brian, yeah. is it The Watcher? Yeah, the we'll go with The Watcher. Kill me, man! It, uh, like movies, I can follow through with. It, uh, that doesn't uh-huh. take that long. Um, there was yeah. one that I just watched. It was an '80s. Uh, <sighs> Damn it! I cannot remember the name of it, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> you did. You did Supernatural. That was a. a yeah, no, I did Supernatural, but there was a movie that I just watched uh, with with the family, and I can't remember the name of the fucking movie. It was like an '80s. Um, we're gonna play the guessing game. Okay. <laughs> All right. So it's kind of like a kind of like a yeah. kid. Was it kids on bikes? 
You gotta give us more than it was an eighties movie. Yeah, <laughs> the exorcism, the ex- my best friend's exorcism. That was oh, awesome. oh, okay. Is that there your cool of the week then? That was that was maybe my cool of the week. Uh, All right. <laughs> didn't didn't pull through on the end as much as it did. Uh, no, it did. The, the movie, I think. Uh, it, it's it's fine for what it is. It's like a yeah. PG thirteen kind of kid or teen exorcism movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're from the '80s, it's very it'll hit you with the nostalgia from the '80s with the music and the the, the clothes okay. and. And it was all right. At the end, uh-huh. I I think just they didn't bring it home. All right. So that's it for you, Brian. Yeah. All right, I've got. I'll, I'll throw some love. At, I haven't watched much this week at all. It's the opposite of last week, except these fucking Christmas movies that I have to watch with my wife every year. But um, I'll I'll give some love to uh, Anne Rice's interview with the vampire on uh, AMC. Mm. Got a lot of blood and gore, violence. It's yes, it is set in a different time. Yes, they do change Claudia's age. They make her about 10, 10 years older, which completely changes the fucking drive of the story. But uh, as far as the two main characters, I think the actors do a good job. The people in the te- – they do great with the set design. They do great with the music. Uh, it's early – not turn of the century, but probably I'd say like 20s or you know roaring 20s or 30s in New Orleans. We've got, uh, we've got some appearances by friend of the show, Jeff Pope. He's yeah. got – uh, he, he plays his part pretty good. Um, the, the guys that try to, to to run the one businessman out of town. I don't want to give too much away, but there's man, there's issues of, of racism. There's issues of sex. There's issues of it, it's a it's a pretty good show. Pretty deep, and they go they go just far enough into it, and they're coming out with the the other Anne Rice series that hopefully the, those characters will end up meeting with these as they do in the book series and. Well, that's, you know, I'll I'll give it some love. What's that? <laughs> that's a, that sounds awful. Well, we got Alexandra Daddario in it, man. Maybe she'll get topless, you know. So yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> we can always hope. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're not going to have news. I think we're not going to have news or trailer park tonight, and not much feedback. But uh, Philip, I think we got something, right? Maybe a podcast shout out or something. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's roll into a little bit of a podcast spotlight for uh, horror for dummies. Yeah, we hey. out for before. Uh, want horror? Join us and listen to the countless hours of gore and mayhem each week. Tim and Mushroom bring you the newest horror movies <laughs> review, horror movie reviews, and uh, talk as well as wrestling. Oh, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. So check that out, <laughs> dude. What else are you missing? Uh, real, real quick, uh, Gabe, why don't you uh, tell us about your podcast? Uh, matter of fact, I just listened to it earlier, and I think 13 Ghosts is actually a good movie. Podcast spotlight. I, I hope you enjoyed the episode then because we had yeah. a great discussion about it. Yeah, so um, I'm a co-host of a podcast, Not That Bad, where we talk about movies with three, you know, sordid reputations, uh, not very well-liked okay. movies, sometimes hated movies, and we defend them. Uh and then we have a verdict. Is it that bad, not that bad, or actually good? Uh, so we started out talking about like horror movies, like sequels that are not well-liked, such as um, Halloween 5, Revenge of Michael Myers. Mm. But then we've started to broaden our scope, and we've talked about uh, Alien versus Predator. 
or uh, yeah, we still do a lot of horror like 13 Ghosts, but it's really, you know, any movie that has less than a than a three on Letterboxd is eligible for our show, no matter the genre okay. or any of that. So uh, and we always like to take suggestions. So if you guys ever have a movie that you would like to see us tackle, uh, just uh, leave it in the comments. Right. Well, thank you for letting me talk about that. It's it's kind of a new venture. We started in the last few months. Um, it really started okay. out just um, a hobby for us, but I'm pretty happy with um, how it's been going so far. People are digging the show. We're finding an audience steadily, and we're going to have some pretty cool guests on. And, you know, I'm, I'm very happy with how that's going. And where, where can everybody find that? It's on podcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and it's also on YouTube. So if you want to listen to the audio only, you can do it on Spotify and all that. And if you want to watch us, uh, you can find us on YouTube. Nice. Yeah, I I really enjoy it. I only got to listen to the last episode that you guys did, but I I really enjoyed it. Well, thanks a lot. And we're coming out with a pretty big episode next. Um, I don't know if I should say it here, but um, I can tell you guys off camera. But it's it's one of the most infamous movies ever. So uh, I'm very excited to see how people will uh, will take to us defending it. Yeah, we huh. Alice. Okay. Yeah. Take my interest. Exactly. So <laughs> if you if you want to be the first to see it, just go subscribe. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I just I just followed the show. I've got a, an 18 hour trip to New Mexico to make Thursday and then 18 hours back because I'm it's gonna be interesting it may be more than 18 hours Philip don't you think if I can't find a charging station uh, sure. <laughs> what, was what was the show called again not that bad not that bad I love yeah. it yeah great, so, great yeah black great. and white with a red red streak across the middle yes. Phil all right um as always our show intro comes from uh steve carlton as well as our new t-shirt designs uh from the geeks uh and be on the lookout for more great stuff from him um or go check out www.horror.com uh thehorrorreturns.com to get uh some of his cool designs right now um our artwork comes from natsulani so check her out um and if you'd like to help us with the show please consider becoming a patreon patron We'll let you pick the movies for a future bonus show um, at any amount. And for $5 or more a month, also pick commentary for another bonus show. Um, and we do now have koozies available. Or what did uh, what did they call them down under in Australia? <laughs> a stubby hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all uh, patrons will get one for free. And as usual, be patient. Sometimes it takes us a while to get stuff mailed out. All right, move on to featured attractions. This week we'll cover a few films we haven't talked about yet for the year in horror of 2022. Uh, will they make the top 10? Let's see. Hmm. Uh, well, our first one is going to be Barbarian. I know you've heard enough about it. Uh, yeah, you know, Nez has said how awesome it is. And uh, we finally checked it out. <laughs> a woman's yeah. day. And an Airbnb discovers the house that she has rented is not what it seems, which obviously is not really the synopsis of this movie. <laughs> yeah, by, by design. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I thought it was going into it, which made it better than it is. Um, director and writer is Zach Krager, also known for The Whitest Kid You Know. The uh, directorial debut. And uh, for... 
more 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 comedians getting into getting into directing. Hey, may not be the worst thing in the world. Uh, friend of the podcast, Richard Brake, shared a story on Instagram about attending a late night screening of the movie. Uh, noting that a particular group of teenagers sitting in a, uh, a few rows behind him were really into the film and were terrified. When it was over, they were leaving the theater uh, using the flashlights on their phone, and when the light accidentally caught Brake's fra- uh, face, the teens recognized him from the movie and screamed and ran <laughs> from the room in genuine fear. <laughs> Richard uh, is a great actor, man. He's scary. I, I mean, I love oh, him. I was yeah, like, yeah. A little freaked out if I met him in real life. The perpetual oh. bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> Although he uh, he does a really fun role in the Munsters, which I don't know. Yeah, if very do. very Vincent Price, wouldn't you say? Yeah, oh. old school, <laughs> hamming it up, having a great time. I loved yeah. it. Yeah, love her to break, man. Great guy. Um, the film on the uh, the film is set on four seventy six Barbary Street. Uh, the year 476 was the barbarians was when the barbarians invaded Rome, and director Krager insists this is unintentional and purely coincidental. Sure. Hmm. <laughs> Barber Street or Barbary Street? <laughs> like <Okay>. barbarian. <laughs> okay. All right. I was wondering how they were tying that back to the uh, right. To the title because it's I don't know how much it matches to begin with. The open to open to interpretation. Sense, yeah. <laughs> so how how are we doing this this week? Because we got three be movies that came out this year. Do we yeah. hit the spoiler alert now, or are we gonna really are we really gonna hit it three times? Brian, you you decide. Make it make a command decision right now. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want the listeners to have to listen to a spoiler alert three times, so we're going to hit it right now. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. There you go. You can say right. whatever you want, Gabriel. Here's <laughs> your spoiler alert. You're listening. Yeah. Fucking so, movie. I mean, if you haven't watched it yet, it's not that hard to find. Yeah, okay. I mean, um, should we just jump into it? Yeah, yeah you, you start us off. Yeah, I mean, I loved it. I thought it was um, one of the most fun uh, theater experiences I've had in a while. Um, it was one of the most unpredictable movies I've seen, um, at least, you know, released by a major studio. Um, it had the soul of like, a, you know, like a sleazy underground uh, exploitation film, but it was really clever um, and subversive. I thought all the acting was great. I've always been a fan of Justin Long, and I think uh, he's added another feather to his cap with this. Um, I will say the only, uh, I guess, critiques I would have is that, um, you know, now that we're in spoiler territory, um, some things weren't paid off as much as I had hoped. Like, okay. Uh, Bill Skarsgård's character, he's set up. Um, I was very intrigued. I was sure he had some larger role in the story, but he dies like halfway through. Um, and he, I guess he just turned out to be a red herring, which was effective. It was like a shocking moment. But rewatching it, I think I'm going to wish that he had uh, more to do. Right. Because I thought he was great as well. Um, I also don't know how generations of inbreeding would make a. Uh, an old woman like super strong. 
Um, <laughs> like the uh, like <laughs> our our uh, baby mama is here. She's like uh, Jason or Michael or something. But uh, you know, all of that you know, kind of nitpicking stuff aside, I just think it's a fucking great movie. It's badass. Um, and it was made by one of. Uh, the whitest kids you know, which uh, takes me back to middle school. I really enjoyed their stuff way back when, so it's great to see uh, him uh, doing something cool. Well put. <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking great movie. Check it out. Brian, what do you think? This was one of the biggest surprises of the year. I We reviewed the trailer I remember, I think we all were just kind of like not knowing what to really make of the movie. And then I think we didn't really have it on our radar after that. But then when it came out and everybody was just, you know, just saying, you got to see this movie, you got to see this movie. And that's probably one of my biggest regrets is I didn't see this in the theater. I waited for it to come out on HBO Max. Yeah. And just the way the movie played out is a movie. This is a movie you had to see in the theater. And it was, like I said, I was just taken back by it, how, how much I was into it. Um, the main actress, uh, I don't have her name here. Um, I thought she was great in it. Um, yeah, they, they, they fooled me with Bill Skarsgård because I really thought they were leading somewhere with that character. All the little coincidences of him, mm-hmm. him and her having this connection of him being, you know, mm-hmm. this jazz musician. Oh, yeah. I felt like, it felt like a setup. Yeah, it did. And then just the way he died, and I was like, oh, wow. And then it just completely cuts to Justin Long like it's a whole other movie. Mm-hmm. And I like Justin Long. Uh, char- I don't like his character because he's a piece of shit. <laughs> but I like that did he, he do plays it? a... Yeah, I, I like that he played a piece of shit because he always <laughs> plays a nice guy. He totally and, did it, right? And he, <laughs> oh, he did, I, I, oh, he did and, it. And he was a piece of shit up until you thought he was going to redeem himself. And then he just oh. went back to a piece of shit all over again. And, man, the, him in horror movies, he just can't save his eyes for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I, I do want to know how you make a superhuman strength, uh, uh, whatever. I don't even know what she was, but well, the most Richard- terrifying scene was her trying to breastfeed Justin Long and <laughs> British royalty would just be this oh yeah <laughs> mammoth oh, well. man just chalk it up to Richard Brake sperm all right yeah and I had I I'm kind of on the fence I I, I kind of want to see a prequel of Richard Brake's character but then again I don't want to see what his character was alluding to doing to these women yeah. and to their, to the children. So, but I, I feel like there's so much more that went on when, when we get the flashback to Richard Brake, but you know, between that time and the present time. And I just kind of wanted to see how he was able to, they were able to stay in this place for all this time while this neighborhood just slowly, you know, became run down. I, I just kind of mm-hmm. wanted to see that story. But I was totally fine with what we got, and the, even the ending was outrageous. Uh, yeah, loved it. All right. Lance, what do you think? 
Um, all right. Well, see, Gabriel, that that's that's one point that that you and I kind of disagree on with the character of Skarsgård's character, because I think that the way they did it was perfect because they completely rope a doped you into thinking this whole time. I thought, OK, he's doing something. Right. He's purposely going out of his way to show her that he's opening the wine bottle in front of her. I'm not slipping anything in slowly. Yeah, they got this jazz in common and it really felt like a setup. And so to me. At that point, when you get to the end of that first act, right, and they all these weird things that they're finding underground, and it's just like, okay, he's luring her in there. Like I was sure of it. I just knew he was luring her. He was part of some group or cult, and he was pulling her in. And then all of a sudden, you know, you see him, uh, see him get his fucking head bashed into the wall, and it's like, holy shit, he's not part of it. And then it's like a whole different movie. I almost kind of thought maybe the movie even in, it freaked me out so much in the theater. I thought maybe the movie was over. Did you guys get that that feel yeah. right after that scene? Because it was fade to black, and I kind of thought the credits were about to come up. Well, I, I, I hope it wasn't going to be because it was. I don't know. I know, but I just wasn't paying attention to the to the time. What about you, Gabriel? No, I knew Justin Long was in it, and so. Okay, so I, I didn't see. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know where's Justin Long? Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm curious. So, if you rewatch the movie, do you feel like that's still going to hold up? Like that, that surprise, um, getting the rope. Well, yeah, it won't be the same, of course, because it's it's you know a surprise that I didn't see coming. I this is one of usually my films that are contenders for top ten. Gabriel, I'll rewatch them at least once before the end of the year. Like one of them is always already kind of fallen out of the top 10 a couple of you know definitely cemented themselves um one of them's leapfrogged over my previous top number one so i've got a new number one right now upon second watch so you know i it, it second watch is always different i'll tell you one scene that really resonated with me in this movie is when the poor girl gets out of the house right she's trying to fucking convince people the only person who's actually trying to help her is a guy that she homeless dude that she thought was like going to attack her and rape her or something like that. And he ends up befriending her and, you know, kind of keeping her safe. And then she's over here trying to explain to the cops, well, where's your ID? And you think, what if someone was in that position? It's like, what the fuck do you do? Cause they're looking at her. She's completely disheveled. She has no ID on her. She's in this neighborhood. What are the cops supposed to assume? These jaded cops. They think she's However, a gorgeous with like super straight teeth. Well, stupid fault for not going. All right. Maybe she's not. <laughs> not uh, not. The bright. <laughs> they, finally, they finally followed her out there at least. Right. But then they fucking beat. Yeah. Her. They followed her out there for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. This movie is a work of art, man. It's uh, it was unexpected. I'm Brian. I'm really glad that you only had us watch that first trailer that only showed a little bit of the dialogue from the yeah. from the back because this turned into something I was not expecting. And then, yeah, I do. You know, with Justin Long's character, you, you are kind of pulled back and forth at the beginning. Like at first I thought, okay, he was unjustly accused of this. Uh, and as his story goes on, and especially when he makes the fucking drunk call, it's like, okay. <laughs> Probably did it. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I, lo- I love this movie. I love it. Top, and, top two, pretty easy. And the main actress that was in it, her name is uh, Georgina Campbell. I thought she was pretty good in it. Really yeah, hard. I've never seen her before. <laughs> it doesn't look like she's done a lot of movies, at least that I recognize. She's done a lot of TV, but hopefully off of this, she she gets uh, some bigger roles. Yeah, yeah. 
It had to only be uh, just. She was great. All the acting was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, definitely will agree. I think uh, it 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 does it a whole lot more justice watching it the first time without knowing what has gone. Oh yeah. Um, because uh, I had uh, my brother-in-law told me that he didn't like it, but he had already read some stuff on the internet about it. Mm. He was like, "Man, it was stupid." <laughs> But you already knew what was going to happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. And me without watching it without knowing what was going to happen, I was super surprised. It was a, a jaw dropping moment when um, Skarsgård got killed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I liked that they spent all that time building that tension with that one dude. Um, and then he gets, you know, murdered. And you're like, <laughs> what the fuck? And then they just immediately change direction and give you this palate cleanser of Justin Long bouncing around in the car singing the song. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I thought that was a lot of fun because everybody's sort of going, what the fuck is happening right now? I know I was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought and, uh, the main girl was dead. Didn't you guys? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. I thought she was dead. And then when... Yeah. Uh, when Justin Long shows up at the in, in in the in the pit with her, I was like, "Oh, she's still alive. That's great." And then yeah. I figured that he would probably die next because he's not the best person. <laughs> uh, the the trying to feed with the baby bottle with the hair on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you can really really see that detail at the, on the theater screen, Brian. <laughs> that was so gross. That was grosser than anything in Terrifier too. You can't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, su- surprisingly good movie, man. I was I was very impressed with this one, um, and mostly because it caught me so off guard. So sure, had they shown you what was happening in the trailer, I don't know how good it would have been. You know, that's that's yeah, hard to say. Fair enough, I can see that. <laughs> All right. Let's do uh, scores on Barbarian, 1 to 10. Gabe, what do you think? Yeah, I would say that my theater experience was a 10 out of 10, mm-hmm. but my the rewatchability brings it down to an 8 out of 10. Okay. Some, movies, some movies, you know, really do just want to hit you hard in the theater, and they want uh, to just deliver that kind of experience. For me, rewatchability is pretty important. Um, like I'm not sure uh, when I'll rewatch this, so that's why I, I would feel wrong giving it anything above an eight out of ten. Okay, fair enough. That's fair. Brian, what do you think? Uh, I can see what you're saying, um, but I'm going to meet you in the middle. I'm gonna give this a solid nine. It was one of the biggest surprises of the year for me. Um, I enjoyed it just as much as I did the first time I watched it on the rewatch and I thought the performances and the story was great. Did have some wanting to follow up more on certain parts of the the movie, but then the the movie would have been like three hours, you know, it would have been terrifier too. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking about it now. I'm fine with it. So it's an easy nine out of 10. Uh, Lance. Yeah, easy, easy nine out of ten. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't know more. Yeah, I don't know what more we we can say about it. That's um, more comedians need to start doing horror. I mean, yeah, you know, we might have just had a little hiccup here with this third Halloween movie, but um, other than that, it's been pretty fucking solid, man. Like, 
<laughs> Jordan Peele has like done no wrong. And who who else have we have we had that that's uh, gotten from comedy? Gabriel, um, Brian, or you guys think of anybody else that? Well, um, he didn't write it, but he was one of the producers. Uh, Will Ferrell was one of the producers okay. of the menu. So no he's kind of yeah, he's kind of getting in the. Not good for him. Genre. You know, Chris Rock, uh, he did. Uh, oh, that's right. How could we forget? Yeah, yeah the Saw movie. Um, I can't remember if he wrote it. I mean, he was really involved in the creative process, and obviously he starred in it, so I'd say that counts. And that yeah. was, you know, that, that was a good return to form for the I, for the franchise. Yeah, I don't know if he wrote it, but I, I think uh, it was based off an idea he brought to studio. So. I know he pitched something. Yeah. This. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> what if there's a trap where your wife tells you it's good? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go nine on this one too. I I think uh, I yeah I wanted more of it. Which yeah, is the understood. Sign of That's a movie, not bad. You know what I mean, like I I I I want a sequel to this like right now. <laughs> I wanted the movie to keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, really great. I can't really fault anybody that was in the movie. I thought everybody did just phenomenal the whole time. Uh, from Skarsgård on to, you know, everybody. It was it was fantastic. Up, up to Richard Brake. There you go. Up to Richard's break. Uh, up to Richard Brake's neighbor who played a ten second role. You know. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, very very impressed with this one. It'll definitely make it into my top ten. Some high scores, high yeah. praise indeed. All right, well let's move on to Pearl. Let's see if this one does it. Uh, didn't know much about this one before I started looking into it, but uh, yep. in in 1918, a young woman on the brink of madness pursues stardom in a desperate attempt to escape the drudgery, isolation, and lovelessness of life on her parents' farm. Uh, mm. Director and writer is Ty West, also known for House of the Devil and The Innkeepers, um, also co-written by Mia Goth, um, and it was a prequel to X, correct? Yes. Did, yeah. Did you watch X, Bill? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I watched it, it, it this week with this movie. Ah, okay. Cool. Okay. Double feature. I figured. I figured I had to. Um, Tandy Wright, who plays uh, Pearl's mother, was the intimacy coordinator on X. <laughs> <laughs> intimacy coordinator. Gabriel, <laughs> did, did you have an intimacy coordinator? We've never needed an intimacy coordinator in any of my films, no. Uh, And was offered the role of Ruth as uh, the shoot on the first film was wrapping up. Um, According to Ty West, she learned German for the role in a hurry and became so convincing in her accent that she fooled two German members of the crew. Nice. Uh, Ty West and Mia Goth collaborated on the script via FaceTime during a mandatory two-week quarantine due to the COVID-19 pandemic in New Zealand um, prior to filming X. Uh, They had hoped A24 would agree to make the film. Fortunately, the project was greenlit before the filming began on X. 
Yeah, because it looked like they sort of filmed it at the same time. It was just like an extension of the same movie almost. Mm-hmm. And Mia Goth has her work cut out for her. <laughs> That's just yeah. movies back to back. <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Gabe, what did you think about Pearl? I love this one. I mean, when I saw this, I realized that 2022 was just like a phenomenal year for horror movies. Uh mm-hmm. Because it's really not good. just like it's not just like a good horror movie. It was just a great film. It was mm-hmm. beautifully shot. Uh, people keep calling this a Technicolor horror movie, and they're totally right. Um, the the color palette is vibrant. It gives it this classic quality. Um, me, I can't think of a better performance this year than Mia Goth as Pearl. Uh, I mean, she gives a nine minute monologue, one take. Uh, I mean, show me a better uh, or more. Oscar caliber performance this year. You know, it's really interesting. I don't even feel like this was a real prequel to X. I feel this was a story Ty West really wanted to do. And I feel like the, the most sure way he could get a green lit would be to tie it to this uh, successful movie. Uh, That being said, I do think it would make a great double feature. I think the character of, of Pearl is probably going to become something of an icon based off the strength of those two films. Uh, yeah, just uh, – and if we're getting into spoilers, um, it has one of the best sort of just descent into madness spirals I've seen, right? I mean, because it starts with an accident. You know, she accidentally shoves her mother down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, like, fucking brutal. Just That's the great <laughs> thing about sound design. You feel every, like, clunk, clunk, clunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then by the end of it um, – when she like walks outside and just picks up her axe so she can um fucking hack her cousin to death. Um, it, we were talking about comedy and horror before. I mean, Mia Goth is so funny when she's doing this shit. It's so banal to her. Uh, it's like housewife chores. Um, so <laughs> you know, I, the, this movie was genius. You know, I, I'm a pretty big Ty West fan. Um. I think this is my favorite film of his, which is saying a lot, considering how Devil is like, you know, a modern classic to me. So, yeah, just can't can't say enough good things about this one. All right. Brian, what do you think? Um, I really enjoyed this one. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I did X, but Mia Goth killed this performance. I thought she was just great from start to finish. Um, Gabe, like you said, her her descent into madness it was it was just you know progressing throughout the movie until the end up until that the end credit scene which was very unsettling that that just smile and trying to hold that smile throughout the the whole credits i thought that was yeah that was crazy (laughs) right there um yeah pearl pearl definitely has some problems i mean she's in her own little fantasy world of you know, when when she's practicing her dance, you know, she's performing it in, in a scene from a movie or in front of a crowd. And sure. Then you got the whole sex scene with the scarecrow <laughs> and the projectionist face appears on the scarecrow. And then she yells at him. She's like, I'm married. You know, I'm just like, OK, but. <laughs> and, well, and, right <laughs> yeah and it just just uh, i thought it was just phenomenal just you know there were there was parts i kind of laughed and parts i was just kind of afraid of pearl and uh, i do agree with you i don't i don't really see this as a prequel because 
there's so much story that takes place after this and before X that would make a good prequel because her husband just comes home from the war. And I want to know how he was okay with seeing what he's seen <laughs> and was just th- with her till the end. You know, if you've seen X, you know, I, I think there's just so much story to tell, but you know, that we're not, that we're getting the next one is called Maxine and that one takes place after X in the eighties. Okay. So, I think if he wanted to squeeze in another movie, he could he could squeeze in one between Pearl and X, and I I, I think it would be great uh, to get that story of when her husband came home and uh, yeah, um, this this might be in my top ten. Um, I got to really think about it, and it's going to be off the strength of Mia Goss' performance. Oh, for sure. Okay, Lance, what do you think? Um, I, I probably wasn't quite as impressed with it as you, as you guys were. It was everything you guys say is is accurate. There's nothing that's uh, that's untrue about it. I, I like kind of like the return of certain things that you saw in X, like the alligator. That was really cool, and that scene where she she drove her her father <laughs> to the to the end of the dock, and at the last minute was kind of um, I, I guess pulled away from doing what she wanted to do. Uh, I to felt do there. so. <laughs> so bad for her father. Yeah, he couldn't do too much to protect himself or yell out. But um, yeah, it was it, it was kind of a bizarre, like a twist of I don't know, like fucking. <laughs> gosh, how do you describe this movie? It's weird. Uh, Wizard of Odd meets Charlotte's Web meets some kind of musical meets you know, <laughs> young star actress thinks she i don't know i guess she developed all this narrative in her head of things that never really happened that mm-hmm. she was she she got so so zapped zapped out in her mind toward the end there that she actually thought she was a movie star and I, i'm not exactly sure i i don't know to me there were a couple of things that maybe you guys can fill in for me or explain your interpretations like why i mean i understand she was upset with her cousin because i guess she got the part and, and uh pearl didn't but what 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 led up to that killing ever so quickly is it just that at that point she was so far over the edge or was there more to that relationship I, that i'm missing well there was that great scene of uh when she that she had to be removed from the audition because she just right? didn't comprehend that she didn't get it yeah and yeah yeah her, i guess that, i think she felt robbed of that role i think she felt like her cousin yeah. Uh, had the life that she should have had, and she took mm-hmm. that anger out on her. I mean, it's not rational. It's not rational at all. It's mm-hmm. it's based on delusion. But uh, that was kind of the power of it to me. I mean, she she chose to live in her own world, and she was going to kill anybody that got in the way of that. Yeah, and she definitely that that in her mind that role was hers because. You got that scene with her and her cousin. Her cousin was like, if I don't get it, I, w- I hope you do. And then she was like, are you going to say it back? And she was like, no, I'm going to get it. Right. So in her mind. And to be well, fair, her she she was sipping on her father's medicine. So that, that, that probably didn't yeah, help. Yeah, that's true. And I'm, and I'm wondering how much of this movie was unreliable narrator because when she – okay, let's take that scene where she went into the – movie theater and met that guy and then he's got he's got her there in the screening room and he starts showing her fucking pornos and i'm like they he really didn't go further than that with her something must have happened you know i mean i i I don't know i think that we're seeing the story the way she remembers it and she's kind of seeing herself as the star and the 
the innocent person here and whatnot, and yet surely a rape occurred there. I don't know. <laughs> I really thought it was going that way. I was starting to get super creeped out. And then when she just kind of left and said, oh, bye, it was really fun watching your movie. I was like, okay. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think it went that far. Um, I, yeah, I think he was just actually he was just a gentleman that happened to have some uh-huh. what, what are they called the uh, stag Born. films stag and, <laughs> and he was telling her this is going to be the wave of the future and she was intrigued by that and yeah of a new well, era you know um because he wasn't working at a porno theater he he was working at a theater and you know this was a new type of film that was that was being shown in places. You know, this is before the Hayes Code. This is um, mm-hmm. at a pretty. You know, the, there's a war going on. This is at a really peculiar moment in yeah. in American history. And I, I don't know. I took that scene at face value. I really at okay. no point. I, well, because like in American Psycho, which is an unreliable narrator movie, you know, there are mm-hmm. moments where something about what we have seen is directly contradicted to give you the hint that, that there's like a delusion going on, but I didn't, I didn't pick up on anything like you that. You didn't get that here. All yeah. right. Yeah. Just, just kind of weird. And I, I definitely didn't, didn't while I was watching, I didn't get the impression that it was as far back as, you know, I, I thought maybe it was world war two or something. I didn't realize it was world war one. So mm-hmm. this was, yeah, uh, and then for and then I got to thinking, okay, well, X is set what like in the seventies, right? Late seventies, I think. Yeah. So that made it make a little bit more sense, but um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, definitely liked it more than I didn't, but be, I'm I'm more of a the House of the Devil West <laughs> fan than these new things. Like I enjoyed the one that he did of the the cult. Uh, oh, the sacrament. That, yeah. yeah, the sacrament. I enjoyed that, that but that's. I thought he started becoming a little mainstream then, and I'm like, okay, I hope he doesn't change his formula, you know, too much, you know, where he does a whole lot of build up real quietly. But it seems like I guess he's got more money to play with now, and he's using it, which makes sense as a filmmaker. But eh, not not one of my favorites of the year, guys. But uh, not not a bad watch. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, X also was 2022, so that'll be an opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. If I have to pick one from both of these, I, I, I think they work well as as movies together. Um, I watched Pearl first. Uh, I think I like Pearl better. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it it just is more stylistic. And uh, like when you said Wizard of Oz, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's got kind of a Wizard of Oz sort of style to it. Like this is crazy Dorothy. (laughs) Ty West does make you feel like you're in that era, just as he did in X, how you felt like you were in the 70s. I don't know if you guys seen the the teaser for Maxine. It had that Mm. 80s uh, VHS retro kind of feel to it. So Mm. he's definitely making you feel like you're in that time period with each and film. That's what he did with House of the Devil. I mean, that's yes. one of the most authentic mm-hmm. throwbacks I've seen, uh, at least, you know, uh, in, in the yeah, board. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it felt, the Pearl kind of felt like a love letter to just uh, cinema. I mean, that's so yeah. generic. <laughs> that's so stock to say. But um, it, I, I wasn't expecting it was the thing. It really uh, felt like a like a covert love letter if you will you know i mean this this tradition of cinema has gone from world war one 
through the 70s. Um, yeah. And specifically, I think he's like talking about exploitation movies, you know, the SAG films right. and people in X are making a, a, a porno. So I think uh, it's his tribute to to that slice of, of movies, the, these underground sleazy movies. Well, and this was a time when like movies were really just starting. Oh, yeah. We yeah. They were super, super new. 1914 or some shit. But no, I I was I was very impressed with it. Uh, Me got great job. Um, Yeah, I was just very impressed, man. I I don't really have a lot negative to say about it. You know, I I thought it was like less. I mean, I guess X wasn't too like terribly uh brutal as far uh, graphic as far as you know a okay. porno movie could be mm-hmm. uh, but like pearl was less so and still as effective more mm-hmm. more sub- sublime right yeah and mm-hmm. more like internal craziness than psycho killer so i like that i thought that was pretty cool all right uh, let's go scores. Gabe on Pearl. What did you think? One to ten. I give it a nine out of ten. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Wow, a lot of high scores tonight. <laughs> oh shit. That's yeah. how good of a year it, it has been. Yeah, right? it, I agree yes. wholeheartedly. For horror yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brian. Uh, I'm gonna give this an eight and a half. Um, didn't like it as much as I did X. Um, actually, rewatched X, and I think I liked it a little bit more than last time you and me talked about it, Lance. And um, okay. but I love Mia Goth as this character, Pearl. I think um, even with her being involved in writing this movie, I think you know they this character is very special to them. And um, I just I, I really I want to I, I know what happens in X with Pearl, but I just think there's so much more that we can get out of this character and hopefully after Maxine, maybe if Maxine does well, they'll, they'll kind of dip back into the Pearl storyline okay. and kind of see where it goes from there. So, but yeah, uh, definitely solid eight and a half. Okay. Man, what do you think? <laughs> Man, nine, eight and a half. I, I, Six and a half, guys. Uh, two, two No, nah, come on, man. That's a great score. I almost it, never give an eight. Am I right, Brian? Almost yeah, never. Five. Yeah. Six and a half. I oh, guess. Five, I, mean, five. I guess I don't know where that's relative. I mean, what would you give X? I'm curious. I think I gave it about a six and a half, Brian. Oh, yeah? okay. Do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> Same territory. I just uh, the new Ty West. I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe I need to rewatch this one. Maybe I need to rewatch both of them. I'll, I'll do Max. I'll do a triple X feature, right? When Maxine's out. Yeah. Lance doesn't give too many high scores. Yeah. No, I think six and a half is, is, is fair, man. That's, that means you two thirds of you enjoyed the movie. Only one third of you was kind of had questions. Six is like, six is like an eight to Lance. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I can accept that. It's all relative, right? I mean, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm going to give this one, I think an eight is a pretty solid score for this. Yeah. I, I, and again, I liked it better than I did X. Uh, I think it was a little more stylistic and, uh, a little bit better fleshed out movie 
than X was. And uh, uh, it was exciting. Yeah, it was like uh, Wizard of Oz, but the horror version. Although the Wizard of Oz is kind of a horror movie. Kind you know. of horrific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to Terrifier 2. After being resurrected by a sinister entity, Art the Clown returns to the timid town of Miles County, where he targets a teenage girl and her younger brother on Halloween night. <laughs> Director and writer is uh, Damien Leone, also known for Terrifier and All Hallows Eve. Um, as Laura Lavera is trained in martial arts, she did all of her own stunts for the movie. Hmm. Stephen King gave it a shout out to uh, on Twitter saying Terrifier 2 grossing you out old school. <laughs> That's Hello, right. fellow children. Uh, during the Halloween party scene towards the end, one of the party goers is wearing a movies uniform from the clerk series. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I didn't catch that. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> Gabe, what did you think about Terrifier 2? Well, what did you think about the first Terrifier? How about that? Let's start. Yeah, there. let's start there. Um, All right, cool. I did not get a chance to finish Terrifier 2 because somebody decided it needed to be almost two and a half hours. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but I did see the first one. It feels one. a little long. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw the first one. Uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know. Um uh, I, it's gotten this huge cult following. I'm super happy for it. I think it's doing mm-hmm. wonderful things for horror right now. I mean, it it made like 10 million at the box office. I think that's well deserved for the creativity that is being put into these Terrifier movies. But I don't think they're for me. I, I think the first one bordered on mean spirited. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Arthur, well, uh, gee, you think bordered on? <laughs> Just. I, I mean, these are horror movies. I get it. But um, a, a horror movie to me, usually is, there should be like an element of hope. There should be like like an element of like good might went out, even if it doesn't to keep you invested. Um, and for me, it, it really was just about the kills um, and Art the Clown, uh, David Howard Thorne. I mean, he is the reason I think these are becoming as big as they are, his his Mm -hmm. performance is pretty immaculate. Um, So the first one, eh, okay, cool. Uh, The second one, it's a two and a half hour version of that. So it's just not my thing. Um, It grossed me out for sure. It just, it it, did, I didn't, I didn't have that. I didn't have a deeper reaction than that, to be honest. And, And I laughed at a few of the art, the clown gags. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, well, this I mean, is I haven't I, I I'm like halfway through it. Um, OK, I mean, so you, got, you got another two hours. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so maybe, maybe there will be something in the back half that perks me up. But that's that's how I was feeling so far. Well, or at least, um, you know, somebody who has done something wrong and is getting their comeuppance, you know. Yes, like, those, like those that, are, that's that, always that, fun to see. see. A good portion too. This one is just killing for killing. <laughs> right. Uh Brian, what do you think? The tagline for Terrifier 2 should have been the what the South Park movie was. Bigger, longer, bigger, uncut. Bigger. <laughs> so, 
Um, I really enjoyed the first one, and I will have to say I really enjoyed the second one. It it was just more of Art the Clown. And see, I'm the guys know I'm I can I can watch slow burns and be entertained. I can also watch uh-huh. it be like Terrifier and be entertained. I, I, sure. I just have my range of movies is just kind of wide right there. So um, yeah, it definitely continued the mean spiritedness of the first one. Art is I think is gonna if he's not already he's going to be a horror icon. Um, we also got to talk with the David Howard Thornton, super nice guy. Um, great actor. Yeah. I, I can't not wait. I can't. He's not start at all. <laughs> now, I, I was on somebody's podcast recently, and they also got a chance to talk to him. So I know he's like really great about connecting with the fans and the community. Um, I hope to get the chance to, to speak with him someday and tell him how much I really genuinely enjoyed his performance. I think, uh, you know, because that's the thing about these horror franchises. I mean, the villains are the star. I mean, yeah. that's sort of always been the case. And I, I think Terrifier is like carrying that tradition. Yeah, nobody nobody walks around with a Laurie Strode T-shirt on, do they? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you gotta hit you gotta hit. Uh, sorry to interrupt, Brian, but real mm-hmm. quick, Gabriel, uh, Texas Frightmare, dude, in in May in Dallas, you gotta hit it. I'll try, man. Um, yeah, if I'm back in Texas around that time, I'm ping ponging between there and L.A. at the time being. Uh, what was I gonna say? Um, Lauren Lavera as the main uh, uh, yes main actress in this she was great she looked good she kicked ass i was rooting for her all the way to the end um the brother though i wouldn't have cared if he got it <laughs> early on because he was kind of irritating uh, throughout the movie that's where, that's where the editing could have happened brian yeah um, <laughs> i appreciate i really appreciate the old school approach to using practical effects it was you know practical effects throughout most of the movie there was a little cg here and there but you know Mm -hmm. some things you you can't do practical um uh i i just want terrifier three i did with the fucking weird ass ending i was just like what is happening what What does that mean (laughs) give me terrifier three and real quick shout out to chris jericho for being in a after credit scene <laughs> yeah no, they showed him in the credits and i was like where yeah where is he <laughs> yeah i was like did i did I, I i there's no way you can miss chris jericho and then the I, after credit scene i was like oh okay here you are he was wearing the movies costume yeah which chris jericho is a, a big uh, horror geek so it, it was it was cool that he got to be in terrifier too uh yeah uh, I think I agree with uh, with both sides of this one. I like it was as far as horror slasher, you know, like Jason, like icon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this this actually works. It's it's one that we haven't had in a long time. You know, like I can't remember the last really good horror villain that's going to be a uh, like a staple in horror forever. You know, I think the last one might be Jigsaw. Who? Jigsaw, I think that Jigsaw. might be. Possible. Yeah, Jigsaw, yeah, or maybe, yeah, maybe Sam from uh, Trick or Treat. But Jigsaw had a whole franchise, you know. I yeah. think that's the. Yeah, Sam. Sam had a second movie promised for what about ten years now, Brian? Yeah, crossing my fingers. Yeah, I mean, 
he says something every year. So ho- hopefully I, this this latest news that he said he's actively working on it. So right. hopefully. Well, and from all the, you know, Slenderman, Bye Bye Man. Oh, God. <laughs> shit, movies like that that have come out that are. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the one that I like as far as independently released ones that I I felt like could have been something was um, Victor Crowley from the Hatchet movies. Yeah. Oh, okay. that was pretty. That was I can't, yeah, he, that almost caught on. How about Smiley, Brian? You said he was quite iconic. Yeah, did I? But it's not really. A, a <laughs> Uh, but I think this one, this one could be a uh, like a costume that you wear out on ha- on Halloween, oh, and there would at least be a significant amount of people like, that would like. Oh, I know what that is. You know what I mean? Uh, sure. This it's such a great look. You know? Yeah. Right. Great look. Very um, distinguishable from something else. You know, and uh, I, I I think they pulled it off. It's a good character. Uh, it, it definitely is a little long for a movie like this, but <laughs> uh, but it was it was it was still enjoyable. It was just uh, you know, terrifier, and it kept going. Terrifier, like Ter- yeah. <laughs> it was like they had some extra footage, and they're like, right, let's put it out as a new movie. <laughs> Uh, but I, yeah, I, pretty enjoyable movie. Um, but I can see where it's, yeah, it, it's a little more glorifying the, the bad guy and, uh, kind of gross in a way, <laughs> you know, kind of, <laughs> uh, it does have a catchy song in it. Oh yeah, big time, man! My my granddaughter's been playing playing that song around the house for the last three weeks. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, yeah, for you Cloud Cafe. <laughs> you can decide how you felt about the movie. <laughs> uh, but for now, we'll go on uh, one to ten. Gabe, what do you think? Uh, oh, did wait, Lance, did Lance give his? Oh, Lance. <laughs> my bad. Yeah, no, it's all good, man. No, this was um, this was a long fucking movie. I I was I was real worried. I I thought two and a half hours of Art the Clown was just gonna really be a big mistake. And I thought, man, coming out of COVID, I don't know what the fuck is going on with all these fucking two and a half hour, two three hour long movies. It's like, did all the editors die of COVID, or did they fucking go on strike, or what's going on here? Because there's so many movies. They could just do. They could. They could do with a little nip here and a tuck there. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely one of them. I mean, there's some scene like like. Did the little brother even really have to be there? I mean, maybe we'll get our payoff in the third movie, Brian. What, there, did he there's, I don't know, man. There, there's there's connections here that it, it just seemed like in two and a half hours more dots should have been connected. I just my opinion. But all that aside, this is kind of my bag. Gabriel, I did I did enjoy every fucking minute of it. I mean, I I, I like the mean spirited shit when I'm in the mood for it and I was in the mood for it. And I I definitely love the the little girl art clown. I think that's pretty iconic and they got great visuals in these movies. Don't get me wrong. She was a great visual. Sure, uh, sure. Yeah. And she's going by the little pale girl. Ah, well, I like it. Great Halloween costume idea. 
I, I definitely, I, I enjoyed the comedy. I, I really did. I fucking love the the twisted, mean, evil comedy. It's just, I, this was my bag. I, 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 it was long. I was worried going in that I wasn't going to that, that I was going to get like super bored, like maybe an hour and a half, hour forty five into it. That never happened. And they started with the mayhem like right up front. They didn't like even do any build up or anything. They just kind of jumped right into it. There were some very creative kills. Uh, definitely loved the bedroom kill. Definitely loved the lady that was bringing candy to the door. Um, definitely loved the guy at the, the fucking. Now, that was definitely. Store. That was definitely mean spirited. The 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 <laughs> one where he went trick or treating and she she didn't give him any candy. That yes. went on a maybe a little too too long. <laughs> well, what did you think about when the guy was asking him to pay for his shit at the Halloween store? I mean, did you enjoy that? He pulls out the bag and he's got all the fucking Acme fucking Looney Tunes shit coming out of his bag. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's kind of on the guy because at, at some point you need to just get out of there. Yeah, <laughs> I was just saying, realistically, it, it, it's time to bail on that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I and I'm a sucker for a for a carnival setting, like finales that like I love that movie, the carnival that was based on the 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 book, but no nobody knew who, that it was uh, Dean Koontz the whole time until after the movie came out. I I, I enjoyed every bit of it. Not I didn't love it. Um, certainly didn't. Um, you know, I, I I didn't hate any of it. I was didn't never got bored. I never got tired of it. Stuck around to the end. There was a lot of shit that didn't make any fucking sense to me. It'll either be explained in the third movie or it won't. But there was stuff in the first movie that didn't totally make sense to me either. Well, and I, I really- think I think it's not to cut sorry cut you off, but I, I think as far as runtime on the next one, I think we'll be mm-hmm. safe because I heard the, the idea is so big for the next movie, he might okay. split it into two. Oh God, so <laughs> <just be laughs> one long movie. So. <laughs> okay. All right, Potter. Um, now you gotta split it up into two movies. Yes, that's right. The it's it's so epic, <laughs> too big for one. You, you uh, all right? That's all right. There, there we go, Phil. You wanted to do scores. <laughs> now a trilogy. <laughs> all right, <laughs> scores. Gabe, what do you think? Well, I haven't finished it yet, so I would feel wrong uh, giving it a, a, score. a score. That's fair. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say I, I, w- I will be surprised if it gets above a 7 out of 10 for me. That's okay. my projection. Seven, seven's I, good. Seven's yeah, a good seven, I mean, for me, that's pretty good. Um, yeah. yeah, and um, I, I respect uh, – I feel like it upgraded a lot from the first movie in a lot of production value uh, metrics like I do think the, the cinematography, the lighting um, – a lot of the a lot a lot of those things it w- it was an upgrade so um I should also mention that when comparing it to the first so yeah okay all right so seven possibly <laughs> seven ish maybe yeah. <laughs> all right what do you think I'm giving out high scores all night uh, this is an eight for me I had fun Damn, I thought the, wow. thought the practicals were great um, <clears throat> kind of enjoy art doing his thing and uh, mm-hmm. Lauren Lavera just can't wait to see what she's doing next. You know, I, I think she's relatively new to to the to acting, so I'd like to see what she's got next. Uh, if 
if not just the terror next terrifier movie you know something else so sure and i like the addition of the the, the pale girl oh very much so yeah whether she was real or not Lance, what do you think <laughs> um it's, it's strong seven strong seven um uh, it probably won't rewatch it this year, maybe next Halloween or something so like that. So this better than Pearl, then? Uh, to me, yes. To me, yes. Oh, yeah, no. I really, I dug it. I got off on the on the 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 mean, shitty, gory kills. <laughs> what can I say? Just like a little. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is, man. Uh, for what it was, but you you can't get anything past you can't you can't put any of the credit past David Howard Thornton, nor the little girl that paid, played the pale girl. Uh, nor our new protagonist. I think they all did a phenomenal job. And um, as it's been pointed out, there is obviously a lot more money to play with here. And based on what it's been making in the theaters and the fact that it's still running in my local theater means that they're going to have more money to play with, So, as well as Smile, Brian. It's actually yeah. still in my local theater. I can't believe it. And David Howard Thornton's going to be the Grinch in the mean one. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, God, that'll be great. Yeah, I can see that. I can see Which that. Which I, I uh, heard is getting a, a limited theater release next month. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I'm going to go. This is hard because I didn't, I didn't I didn't make this to the end either. I fell asleep. Oh, no. <laughs> Which is why. That's what a, a half-hour <laughs> movie. But uh, I'm gonna, I, I think I'm going to go six and a half. I, I think it deserves at least that. Okay. Art, Art the Clown is pretty pretty awesome and iconic. Um, mm-hmm. Even though a lot of people don't know about him yet. He'll they get, will. Yeah, he's 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 going to be a horror icon like Jason and Freddy and all that, you know? i got a long way to go to hit that, but, you know. Well, yeah, I'm sure he does. <laughs> but let's, well, let's talk about it in 20 years and see what happens, you know? Yeah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Because the bye-bye man is not going to be still be around. No, no competition. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the bye-bye. Right. Is, <laughs> is that it, guys? Yeah, I think that's it. All right. Well, Gabe, Gabriel, thanks for joining us, man. Um, final oh, pitch. It was fantastic, by the way. I did finish that one. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I, you were going to like it, Philip. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was like a uh, creep. Yeah. <laughs> we were there talking about that. Creep was a big for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. And again, if I could just uh, remind people, you can find The Curse of Professor Zardonicus on Tubi. On VOD, you can buy it on Blu-ray, um, and yeah, uh, if you want to also check out my podcast, not that bad, and uh, give us some suggestions. If you have a movie that you want to see defended, um, that you, you think gets a bad rap, just let us know, and we would love to tackle it. Very nice, man. Well, uh, as always, we want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Horror Returns. You know where to find us. It's www.thehorrorreturns.com. But if you keep forgetting or you can't seem to remember that or you want to share the good news, um, just send us an email at uh, thehorrorreturns at gmail.com. As we we said earlier, we got koozies. We've been giving them out to our, our patrons. We'd love to get one to you, too. But give us a reason to send us a really nice email that's very thoughtful that we can read and feedback, and we'll uh, get make sure you include your address, and we will get a koozie out to you. Again, it may not 
be in a week <laughs> with our past history, but we'll do our best and you'll eventually get it. Uh, next week, we're going to be joined by Alex and Sira, or should we say, Brian, Johnny Moreno. I think he would say he doesn't know who that is. <laughs> well, he is from Binge Media, and uh, he's going to be with us to cover. Well, it's going to be Silent Night, Violent Night is the new one. I hope I'm going to get a chance to see it. I'm warning everybody now with this road trip you know, coming up, It's, and I'm going to be doing this. Definitely through my phone Skype. Let's just hope that where my mom lives in New. Hey, it's up on a mountain, right? So better reception probably. Yeah, maybe. This return of Cyborg Lance next week. Okay, well I'll do my best uh, <laughs> to get to get a, to get in there. Good, but Silent Night, Violent Night, we know. Brian, this movie you have us watching for the first one. I have no fucking idea. I had no idea this existed. Please tell us what this is all about. I. Never seen it, but I heard it's uh, it's going to be on the same lines okay. as the action horror Christmas movie, and uh, I think the original name is Dial Code Santa Claus, but you'll find it <laughs> elsewhere as Deadly Game. Okay. It's one of those movies that has multiple titles, I guess, well, hey, depending hey, on hey. where it was released. That usually okay. Is. So uh, we'll see, we'll, we'll right. see how well, it is. Yeah. Here we go. So we're all set. Uh, Alex is, is confirmed, so we're good to go. And um, Brian, until the horror returns again. Good night.